This podcast is also brought to you by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is so easy to use. It's simple, it's fast, it's effective. It's the easiest way to distribute your podcast to every major platform and in the quickest way. I've gone through other websites to host podcasts, and it's a pain in the butt. Anchor does it for you. Join Anchor.fm and do your podcast the right way. And if you're looking to start a podcast, contact one of us at ATV Sports, as we're looking for podcasters for nearly every professional sports team right now. If you think you'd be a good fit, you can also apply at our website, www.atbsports.net. Welcome back to the Dog Check Podcast. I'm your host, Chandler Adams, here to cover all things Dog Pound in Cleveland for you guys. Uh, why don't you go over, give the Twitter account a follow, it's at Dog Check Pod. Uh, we just reached 800 followers, I cannot thank you all enough. Uh, there is going to be a t-shirt giveaway you have until 9pm, uh, June 5th. To retweet the tweet and be following me to be eligible in the giveaway. The giveaway is a Jurassic Miles shirt. Um, it's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, it is not done yet, but I promise you it will be well worth it. Uh, a lot of exciting things coming this here uh, today. I don't want it to be a super long episode. I want it to be short and sweet. Um... I kind of want it to be based around Trent Williams. Um, seems like a very... There's two... There's no in-between with him, it seems, on Brown's Twitter right now. It's absolutely not, or... Hell yes, we should go for him. Um, The first thing I want to do is talk about, is there a tradable asset on this Brown's roster? That's... That's where it gets hard, guys. There... We have a great team, but it's not like we have depth to just spare. Um, you know, Duke, obviously, wanting traded is the first name that gets brought up with this, but they got four running backs right now. They've got Adrian Peterson, Darius Geis, um, Chris Thompson, Bryce Love, and then they even have Perrine, or however you pronounce it. They don't need another running back and they're not going to take Duke Johnson because he's way too much like a Chris Thompson um so I do not think Duke Johnson's a tradable asset in that situation and obviously Desmond Harrison getting cut he's obviously not a tradable asset anyway um I think it has to be Greg Robinson you know it gives the Redskins one year to figure out what they're gonna do and then call me crazy but I'm giving up a first-round pick if they want it. Um, I'm going to start with a fourth or a third and just keep making my way down. Um, you, It's not very often you get all pro ta- left tackles with a draft pick. Um, so trade it. Get it for sure dra- Get it for sure all pro player. That's what Trent Williams is. Um, there's a stigma out there that he won't play games for you. Um that's not true either. Although although he has not been um 
super healthy. They're he's played. Um, let me find the number of teams that games. Okay, so he started in 2010. This is his first year. 14 games, and then I'm going to go from 2010 to 2018. 14 games, 10 games, 16, 16, 15, 14, 12, 10, 13. That's not, that's not injury prone to a point where you can't trade for him and play him and have him be a viable option. His grade in 2016 by PFF was in the top five all-time highest lineman grades in their era. Of any time. Highest they've ever graded someone. Top five. Um, he's the highest Washington Redskin ever for a single grade. Uh, he's a real good player. I mean, I think people are being too critical of him. And I think people are overhyping what Greg Robinson and Chris Hubbard bring to this team. They did their job, but they didn't overexceed. And since when is it a crime to better a position? Competition drives people to play better. Be just because we were good enough at left tackle doesn't mean we can't get better. And if you want to th- bring up the fact that um he's not a viable option uh, Trent Williams is not a viable option because of his play, not being able to play enough games. Greg Robinson's been ass, except for last year where he was okay, and he wasn't even that good. He was a product of Baker Mayfield being uh, a very good leader. Um, Trent Williams has had four absolutely elite years. You know, and then his rookie year was not very good, and then last year was his last year to date, and it was he was still um, a top twenty rated uh, tackle in the NFL. Uh, left tackle is an important position. Trent Williams is an absolute beast. I think you trade for him, and I think that I would trade a first round pick for him. I don't care how crazy it is. I don't care his injury history. I just truly don't care. With Trent Williams, it gives you an elite left tackle, an elite left guard, an elite center, and then we don't know it right guard and an average to a little bit. No, he's just an average right tackle and Chris Hubbard. That is a lot better than Average left tackle, elite left guard and center, and then questionable right guard, right tackle, left tackle. But if the Browns don't even try to pursue Trent Williams in any fashion, it proves to me that they are that big on Drew Forbes and Brian Vine and Ganafo, who I have been raving about on this podcast. I love them both. Um, I think they both have... A good chance to become something, especially with James Campen, our offensive line coach. But Trent Williams is special. However, if you think your six-round pick Drew Forbes and your undrafted free agent 
Brian finding Ganafo can turn out to even half of what Trent Williams is, or maybe three-fifths, that's a pretty good deal getting those guys on the cheap and still being able to play them. So, to wrap that up, would I trade for Trent Williams? Yes. Am I going to be mad if they don't trade for Trent Williams? No. Do I think Trent Williams is going to want more money if he comes over to the Browns? Probably. It's all just going to depend on where he's at, um, whether he wants to win in his career or just make money. Um, Every athlete's different. You can't really tell. You can't tell unless you know him. Next thing I kind of want to talk about is there is a play where Denzel Ward gets in front of Odell, almost gets the interception. Uh, well, what's important is Odell, and it does look like Denzel holds him a little bit, but what's important is OBJ was doing his little out route where he fakes the slant. So he runs out, uh, you know, on this play. Five, six yards, fakes it in like he's going to go to a slam over the middle of the field. And then he just has that great breakaway ability and he gets to the outside and goes towards the sideline. But Denzel's five yard makeup speed is absolutely tremendous. Um, I know I've already mentioned this before, but I'm like actually currently in the middle of a. I'm going to call them dog check breakdowns. I'll do film breakdown over Browns players, um, draft prospects, um, players the Browns play, uh, suggested players from you guys. Uh, I'm taking my time with it. I was going to release it a lot sooner. I just was not comfortable with it. I didn't think it was good enough. I don't want to release something that's just bad or okay. I want it to be perfect, so I'm taking my time with it, but I promise it's going to be out. And uh, in there, I talk a lot about Denzel's breakaway speed and how amazing it is. And uh, with the breakaway speed is that comeback speed where he doesn't necessarily get beat, but he just kind of he knows how fast he is and how explosive he is, and he can wait on that receiver to make his move and shadow him, which is what makes a part of what makes a great cornerback and he's on his way to being that I believe as long as he can stay healthy but OBJ breaks off looks like he's got an easy catch and then Denzel Ward out of freaking nowhere swoops in and makes a stop and what you have in Denzel Ward is something special you don't see players like that that young very often oh, you know Jalen Ramsey was like that when he was young um and there are others but I'm it's you're very fortunate if you can get a franchise corner um be so effective so fast and why that's important is you really hope Greedy Williams can do that same thing uh, Dorsey has a pretty good track record of drafting defensive backs. Um, he has had some duds in there. But Denzel Ward being able to guard OBJ is awesome. I, I'm just, that's exactly what I want to see this minicamp is OBJ being guarded by Denzel as much as he can. And, uh, it looks like, 
it looks like it's working, which is great for a Browns fan. That's uh, that's the best practice he's going to get. I And I know I'm kind of all over the place with this episode. I recorded an episode with Isaac Young uh, again last night. We talked Browns. Uh, it was a great episode. And the second time in a row, Isaac and I have recorded a podcast. Something got messed up with the audio. So I just kind of wanted to throw this one together. I haven't had an episode out in a few days. And I want to talk about OBJ. Um, OBJ has kind of, as a mentor, talked with Chris Carter. Um, Chris Carter was a wide receiver for Ohio State. And then the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings is where he made his... Uh, his status. He was. Uh, he played with Randy Moss. Uh, you know, he's an all-time great receiver, one of the best ever catchers of the ball. And OBJ has. He's a mentor to OBJ. OBJ relies on him, um, and they talk. And Chris Carter's been saying it this entire time with OTAs and OBJ not being there is. He's in the best place he's ever been, mind, body, soul, emotions. And now we see OBG out, OBJ out here at minicamp, and you're just like, oh, snap, he is fine. Just like me and most other people have been saying, OTAs are a non-story. If you go, more power to you. If you don't, literally no harm done. The minicamp and the practices are much more important than optional training. Um, but OBJ looks big. He looks quicker. He looks stronger. He looks like he's having fun. All super important to being an effective player in the NFL or any profession of what you do. And uh, Chris Carter has been saying this the entire offseason. OBJ is fine. And he thinks OBJ is going to have the best season of his career. And it's the best offense he's played for. It's the the best fan base he's played for, which does help. Uh, we're a loving fan base. Our teams have been awful, and we don't boo them like some other places. Um, and it's the best quarterback he's played for by far. So expect him to go off this year. You know... 12, 13, 14, 15 touchdowns, 1,000 to 1,500 yards, somewhere in there. It could, OBJ is a deep threat, he's a short threat, he's a medium threat, he's a throwing threat, he's a running threat, he does not have a weakness in his game. Jarvis, a great slot receiver, tough as nails. Antonio Callaway, breakaway speed. Absolute burner. Great after the catch. Nick Chubb, amazing running back. He's very underrated still somehow. Um, Kareem Hunt, amazing running back. Probably a top five running back in the league. Great offensive line. A great A good quarterback on his way to being great. A good young tight end. Rashard Higgins, a good receiver. OBJ 
can't be double teamed every time. It will not be able to happen. So OBJ, expect him to have a great year and come out just blowing minds and people will be laughing that they even thought OTAs were a non-story. And to be honest, I'm really sorry if I lose a listener right here or two, but if you think him not showing up to the OTAs is a big deal, you're just being a dumbass. He's risking his money and his career on optional training when he was training himself. I'm going to take a quick second right here and uh, do a keyword. I'm going to have the keyword today. (laughs) Let's have it be Baker. Why not? Baker is the keyword for this episode. You DM me it, you text me it, tell me it. You get five entries into the 800 follower t-shirt giveaway extravaganza. Um, this will probably be the last episode with the keyword, so send it in. Um, go back the last few episodes, find the keyword, and send that in to me as well. And uh, Baker is the keyword. I know this is a Browns podcast, but it is also a sports podcast. And there's something big going on in the sports world right now. It's called the NBA Finals. And this is a down year. This is a down time of year for football. Yes, many camps have started up, but... There's still not much to talk about. Things have been about the same for a month or two. So when Brown stuff comes up, I'm definitely going to talk about it. But if something big is happening, I kind of want to talk about that as well. So I want to talk about what I think needs to happen tonight and uh, for both sides for them to win. So it's being reported that Clay Thompson, who hurt his hamstring, trying to draw a foul, might not play tonight. Um... If I were the Warriors, I would not play him tonight. I would not risk him because I don't think you're getting KD back and you're going to want Clay healthy the rest of the series. However, that being said, Clay Thompson has never missed a playoff game. I think he's going to find a way to play tonight. Um, and I do think Clay Thompson is essential to the Warriors' operation. For the Warriors to win tonight, outside of... Clay playing and Steph Curry scoring. The thing that's going to have to happen is Draymond Green is going to have to score. And that's why I don't like the Warriors in this game. Steph has been known as not being clutch. I think he's due for a kind of poor game. I think Van Fleet, I think that Nick Nurse is going to have a good plan for Lowry and Van Fleet guarding. Um,. Steph Curry, maybe even switching Kawhi and um, Siakam on him every now and again, and Danny Green, uh, just to put length on him and really mess him up. And then the Warriors are a hard team to double team because they pass so well. But when they do the the play where Steph has the ball, it's usually on the right wing. He gets a st- he gets a. Uh, he gets a pick from Draymond. Um, you're going to have to hard hedge Steph out as far as you can. Now, this is where it gets important. The person that's guarding Steph originally is going to have to sprint around Draymond Green once he's once Steph has been hard hedged. 
And when, what I mean by hard hedge is when your man's setting a screen on a shooter, you ride that shooter out and defend him to where he has to dribble the ball out towards the opposite way of his basket. So I think you're going to, I think you put Siakam or Kawhi on Draymond Green. Uh, this is especially if Clay does not play. Especially if Clay does not play. Put Kawhi or Siakam on Draymond Green. Put, if they're going to keep running this play, put a Danny Green or, or Siakam or Kawhi on Steph Curry. And you switch that. So now you have Siakam, Danny Green, Kawhi. One of those three guarding Steph or Draymond after the screen's been set. So now, this is where Steph's in one-on-one mode, which he's he's damn good at. He's going to dribble up. And if he can get around you, if you don't hard hedge around well enough, he's going to try to get around you. And he's most likely not going to pull up. He's going to get to the hole or do a floater or draw a foul or shoot a three. However, if he does pass it to Draymond on the roll, this happens way too often. I'm tired of seeing it. No way Draymond's going to do. Draymond's going to take two dribbles into the middle of the damn paint, and Iguodala, McKenzie, Looney, Bell, etc. are going to come in from the opposite corner and get a dunk or an oop. Well, how do you stop that? Maybe it's not that simple. But it is. If Clay's not playing, you need to especially take advantage of this. You're not going to have spot-up shooters in the corners of the wings. You're going to have Quinn Cook, um, Iguodala, who I would let shoot literally any day of the week. And then you have McKenzie. He's pretty good in the corner, but i take that over a layup any day. So when Draymond does the come around, Steph, and they pass it to Draymond, Draymond's in the middle of the paint. I know you guys have seen this play. The bottom guy in the corner is usually a big. Um, and if it's not, if they have a big up top, they need to switch. So Marcus Saul or Ibaka is going to step into the middle of that lane so Draymond doesn't get that layup. Then what needs to happen is the guy guarding the guy, the guy guarding the warrior on the left wing needs to sprint down. Right down to the block. Which is going to leave a warrior open on the left wing. But there's a there is a cure for this. The guy guarding Steph slides over and takes the guy on the wing. The guy in the corner slides over, slides up and takes Steph. So now you have the guy in the op the guy in the corner where Steph Curry started. So you're in the right corner now. Presumably, McKenzie is going to be standing wide open in the corner. What this does is you make McKenzie shoot a three all game long. Or you make McKenzie drive, but you have seven-foot Marcus Gasol standing right in the paint, ready to defend it. Or Serge Ibaka. Now, obviously, you can't do that every time. But if it comes crunch time and you need to stop him, that's what you need to do. Or, especially if Clay's not playing, you do what they did last game and box and one Steph Curry. The box and one is just you have two your 
you have someone that you want to stop being Steph Curry. You put a man on him, and he face guards him. He falls everywhere he goes. He's holding on to his jock strap, basically. Then on the box, in the box or the paint, you have a person at each elbow and a person on each block, and they each have a zone they need to cover. And I know you guys probably know that, but that those two ways are two ways to slow down the Warriors. The other way, if Clay doesn't play, every time Steph Curry crosses half court, I am double teaming him. I don't care if he knows it's coming. Run up, trap him, make Draymond, Iggy, McKenzie, Looney, Bogut, yada yada, play against you. If you have Siakam, be the or anyone else, Danny Green. Or Kyle Lowry and Van Fleet, whoever's trapping Steph Curry, this team's athletic enough and good on def- good enough on defense that they can get back. So it's not a three on four for that long. But you need to harass these Warriors. You need to beat them up. You need to use your bench. The Warriors don't have depth. The Raptors have some depth. Use your fouls. Um, and then on offense for the Raptors. I'm so tired. A Kawhi Leonard dribbled the ball at the top of the key, who's not a very good ball handler. Kyle Lowry standing up um, uh, somewhere by the arena name. Danny Green, Siakam, Ibaka, whoever. Van Fleet's in the corner. And then Marcus Gasol at the top of the paint. There were a couple plays at the end of last game when they were down six for, like, minutes. And uh, Marcus Gasol was the biggest guy on the floor. And for those, Marcus Gasol was an all-star player not long ago. All you need to do, give the ball to your point guard, not Kawhi Leonard. Marcus Gasol, set a hard screen, roll. Kawhi Leonard... Go set a screen on the guy that just screened if Marcus Saul couldn't get the ball. So Kyle Lowry comes off the screen of Marcus Saul. Marcus Saul rolls. Um, Kyle Lowry either passes it to the corner to get it to Gasol or he passes it to Gasol. He drives or he doesn't get it to the Gasol so he still has the ball. Then have Kawhi Leonard, who's great in the paint, go set a screen on Lowry. You have the guy that was in the corner Lowry started on shift up to the top where Lowry was to fill the space. You have Gasol go out to the corner because he's a capable three-point shooter and it unclogs the lane. Now you have Kyle Lowry and Kawhi Leonard in a pick-and-roll situation with presumably Steph Curry and um, Andre Iguodala. And if they both stop that, now you have Danny Green in the corner. You have... um, Siakam at the top of the key. You have Marcus All in the corner. So now you can move the ball. Um, you know, if Danny Green is open in the opposite corner, hit him. If Siakam is at the top of the wing, give him a little uh, dribble drive action. Or Siakam get the ball. Marcus All comes at a back screen. Siakam drive left towards the baseline. Marcus All head to the hoop. And now you have. Kawhi Leonard down on the opposite block. Siakam driving um, towards him. Marcus Sog crashing into the middle. And now you have Kyle Lowry up at the top of the key and Danny Green outside the three. I'm not saying it's easy to run an NBA offense, but if I had those five guys, if I had Lowry, Van Fleet, Leonard, and then I'd probably play Siakam, um, 
and Gasol most of the time. And then I would play Ibaka and Danny Green a lot. And then Norman Powell deserves some minutes. So that would be my like third that would be like my third string kind of guy. And I would run these Warriors. Quit going slow. The Warriors don't have depth. Uh, the Raptors do. The Raptors can play harassing defense when they want to. And with that offense, keep picking, keep rolling, keep cutting, and keep shooting. You guys are hot. Get Van Fleet and some pick and roll action with Kyle Lowry. Get them both out there at the same time. Both great shooters, both quick, both can score at the rim very easily for their size. Um, I think the Raptors come out and win tonight if Nick Nurse has a good game plan for them. Um, I think if the Raptors can move the ball on screen, like I said, and use Gasol, size, uh, Bogut and Looney can't stop Gasol. That's laughable. Um, and then use Ibaka. When Ibaka's in there, have him set even more screens. Ibaka's way more athletic than Gasol. And when Powell's in, keep him in the corners. Keep him on the wings. And then that opens up a shot for him. And he's very good at pump faking and driving to the hole. So that's what I expect to see out of the Raptors tonight. Uh, if Clay Thompson plays, I say do the same thing on defense. But maybe do a triangle and two. The triangle and two uh, I think would work really well. You put two guys, you put a guy on Clay, you put a guy on Steph, and then you have, I would probably have, you know, Leonard play one of the zones because of his hands. So Leonard at the top of the key somewhere, roaming the uh, blocks, and then have Siakam in there, or Ibaka, or Gasol, and make other people win. Make the other people beat you. Make the people that haven't proved that they're, three or four time whatever they are now champions beat you i was gonna end it there but i just got a great uh listener question my man chase over at browns to the super bowl said what direction do we move replacing desmond harrison next man up free agent great question i Truly believe in the powers of Drew Forbes, Brian Fine and Ganafo, Kendall Lamb, and James Campen. I think James Campen is the key to. He's like. No, I'm not going to use that comparison. I was going to say he's like an infinity stone for us. But Campen is that important. Campen has done has a great track record, an absolutely great track record of developing late to mid-round to undrafted um, young guys. And Drew Forbes and Brian Fine and Ganafo are his stereotypical dudes. Fast, quick, um, smart, athletic guys that can move around on the line and... uh so I really think Drew Forbes or Brian Finan Ganafo or maybe even Kendall Lamb are the real options there. The other thing, like I talked about at the beginning of the show, maybe a Greg Harris a Greg Robinson trade for Trent Williams, but that is yet to be determined. But great question. Thank you for that. Um I think with that I'm gonna end it. Keep it a nice short episode i don't really have a lot to talk about so i don't want to 
bore you guys. Uh, if you liked the little basketball breakdown I did, uh, let me know, and I can do more stuff like that with other sports and other games. If you thought it was annoying and you couldn't follow it, also let me know. I want to make it as enjoyable for you guys as possible. Um, keep retweeting that tweet. You have a few more hours left. Um, I guess by the time you hear this, you might not, but uh, I guess I just want to say thank you guys for helping me so much, and the winner of the shirt is not going to be disappointed. And then the shirts are probably going to be on sale for very cheap. I don't want to put numbers out there already, but I'm thinking it's going to be $18.99, and that's only because of the cost of the shirt and shipping. I'm not trying to make a profit off of them. But um, also, if you buy a shirt, you're going to get a little Dog Check podcast uh, rubber wristband. Uh, I'm going to put those on Twitter tonight. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Send me any feedback or uh, things you think I should or shouldn't do on the show. If you're on Apple, please give a five-star rating and then give a comment or a review. It helps so much. And let's go Browns.